Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another episode of the YouTube Power Hour podcast. If you're new, welcome. I am so glad to have you part of the YouTube Power Hour podcast squad. And if you are thinking about starting a YouTube channel or you already have a YouTube channel and you need to grow it and you want to get bigger and you want to have more impact, then this is a podcast for you. I am loving my guests for this episode of the podcast, Lynette Sine. But before we get into who she is and her bio, I want to introduce to you one of my bootcamp students who is sharing a little bit about her bootcamp experience. My name is Rachel Varga, and I am the creator of Polished and Professional YouTube channel. I recently finished the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp with Erica Vieira, and I have to say it was so much more than I ever expected it to be. I knew that it would be involving YouTube creations and creating valuable, beautiful content online, but it was so much more than that. I was actually taking the Marie Forleo's B-School concurrently, which is a business planning strategizing school course that you can take online. And it's very expensive. And I have to say that what Erica covered, there was quite a bit of overlap. And what she placed such a high emphasis on was really diving deep and understanding your ideal customer or your avatar, your niche, your why, your value proposition, which is absolutely critical if you are in the beginning phases of creating a YouTube channel. We also dived into wonderful audio, video settings, all of that, thumbnails, how you should sort of be speaking during your content. A number of different facets were discussed in the bootcamp, which again, just went way beyond what I was expecting. It was fantastic. So if you are interested in creating world-class content on YouTube, Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp is definitely well worth your time and money. I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. One of the other things that I truly enjoyed about the process was the other boot campers that I have met and interacted with. I actually still continue to have wonderful relationships with them. And I actually have made some lifelong friends during the process. So it was a wonderful, beautiful experience for me to be a part of. I'm very grateful for Erica making herself available during her live sessions. And I continue to recommend this Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp to anyone who is putting any type of videos out there, especially if they're wanting to create a very successful YouTube channel. Thank you for that, Rachel. And now for this episode, like I said, I'm interviewing Lynette who is a Ipsy stylist and I adored our conversation and her and everything about her, her energy, her vibe. You know, sometimes you just meet people and talk to people and you're like, yes, like I get them. They get me. Their vibe is just so cool. That was Lynette. I just really enjoyed talking to her and getting to know her. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview and a lot of the things that she has to share about her experience being a YouTuber and also an Ipsy stylist. Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life. Because of this bootcamp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos. Before this bootcamp, I was lucky if I could get 100 views. Bootcamp is for you if you 
like I was are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the bootcamp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the bootcamp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the bootcamp. During the time of the bootcamp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now, and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this bootcamp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this bootcamp with only 9,000 and 138 subscribers. Now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica. Even after the first week, I knew that the bootcamp was one of the, do you know what, the best decision I had ever made for myself, let alone just my YouTube channel. Do you work really hard on your YouTube channel, listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks, tricks, and strategies, but are just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp. So a little bit about Lynette. Uh, Ipsy stylist Lynette Sine is a multifaceted beauty expert and entrepreneur that was raised in the entertainment and beauty industry. Her earliest childhood memories she recalls were watching her father perform on stage as a professional magician and her mother as his assistant and fellow cosmetologist. Learning the importance of stage makeup at a very young age was the spark of a burning passion that continued to grow and evolve over time. Over the last decade, she has been the go-to makeup artist for many celebrities, commercials, photo shoots, music videos, fashion shows, TV film, magazine spreads, national ad campaigns, and every major award show. In addition, she's been seen on national television as a trend reporter for New York Fashion Week, referred to as one of Hollywood's It Girls by The Zoe Report. And in May of 2016, Lynette signed on to be one of 10 in-house creators at Ipsy Studios. Based in Los Angeles, Lynette is currently creating content, writing her first book, dreaming and scheming away about several upcoming projects. Lynette currently has roughly 450,000 YouTube subscribers and 3.3 million views. Well, enjoy this interview. Mwah. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show, Lynette. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm glad I was able to run into you before this. So I know. Peace to the name. That was fun. I know. For those of you guys listening, Lynette and I already had our 
interview scheduled and everything. And then we were both at the Ipsy Generation Beauty cocktail party and we ran into each other. We're like, oh my God, it's so much fun to like meet in person and like hug and just say hi before the interview. So it was always fun to just connect with people like in person versus just like online and virtually. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we dive into kind of the meat of the episode, I always like to start with asking my guests, what inspired you to get onto YouTube? Well, um, I actually have a different answer probably than most just because I actually got casted to launch my YouTube channel. So um, I get the... I I get what I do from my mom. So my mom is always like looking for the next thing and just very proactive in her career. And we actually do very similar things. So I was actually a professional makeup artist here in LA. Um, and I was just hitting a glass ceiling at my job. And so I came across a casting, I came across a casting online and I didn't exactly know what it all entailed, but it just said looking for professional hairdressers, makeup artists, and nail artists. And lo and behold, they were actually launching YouTube channels. So mm. out of, I think, 500 applicants, they narrowed that down to 30 and then to 10 and then to five. And when and was so, this? Like what year approximately? This was in 2013. Okay. Yep. So... um had I not come across that, I wouldn't have been on YouTube, to be honest. So Mm -hmm. it's really a blessing in disguise because I was feeling, you know, this shift coming in my career and I didn't know what that looked like and came across that. And I have so much respect for all of my friends and colleagues that have started a YouTube channel just on their own from their own prompting inside, just going, okay, let's be bold. Let's start this. Mm -hmm. And um, it just doesn't, that wasn't the case for me. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, and I'm sure we can dig into that further, but yeah, so, um, it was the inspiration behind it was just feeling a shift and then kind of looking for something, but it kind of fell in my lap. So I'm super curious. So you had this casting and they're looking for a YouTube channel. I mean, I'm sorry, they're looking for talent basically for their own YouTube channel, right? Right. Correct. Okay. So then tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, if you can at Liberty say like who, the, who it was and then like how you then transition from, I'd say working for them, it sounds like to now having your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a Canadian based production company called Kingmaker. Um, and they had moved to Los Angeles. It was a very young CEO. I'm now older than how old he was back then. Mm. Um, he was like 29 years old, but he had a really incredible business plan. And I still respect him so much. His name is Guy Gal. And he basically built a team and raised funding and decided to go in three different verticals of business. So it was not only original content, which was where I came in with a few other girls, but it was e-commerce for already established YouTube channels like Epic Mealtime. They actually worked with Wiley and came out with a, she's a beauty YouTuber as well. Mm -hmm. They came out with a brush set for her. And then they also were working on a tech side of the company. So I came in, you know, and I auditioned and I mean, we had a team of 13 people that were helping launch different channels. So I was, you know, nails with Lynette was my original channel name. And I started out with just doing nail art and they were like, Lynette, just, we know that you do, cause I was licensed, um, as a cosmetologist. So mm-hmm. I've done hair for celebrities, makeup. I've done it all in the, in the industry. And they're like, we love that you're very multifaceted, but just trust us that you're really good at nail art. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should start there because every size, every shape, every color, um, 
it's a very wide demographic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. Um, but low, like after a little while, it just became where they weren't working efficiently enough. And Mm -hmm. so their investors came back and said, we need to make some decisions here. Are you wanting to focus on original content or are you wanting to focus? Yeah. Which one? And so I actually, this is a fun part of the story. Instead of building out sets for each channel, they just decided to rent a multi-million dollar mansion that was like filmed for like Real Housewives, all these different shows Mm -hmm. in West Hollywood. And so part of my contract was that I got to live in the house where I filmed, like so my bedroom in in my initial uh, first videos were where I actually got to live too. So that was a part of the contract to live in this huge mansion. It was like, I look back now and it just seems so crazy Yeah, because I had only lived in LA for less than a year. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, LA is great. And of course, peaks and valleys in everyone's career, but that was definitely a peak. And I lived with the guys from Epic Meal Time too. Wow, and a few interesting. Of the other girls. Oh my god! So it's like a it's like a real world like it really yeah, was. Yeah, really I mean was. they should have had cameras filming you guys. I'm sure I there was know. crazy stuff that was happening. I look back to that. I'm like, man, I'm actually glad that they didn't. Yeah, you know, I'm you like, don't want oh, that out there. But it was really a very interesting entrance into YouTube. We'll put it that way. Okay, so let me understand this. So you were able to actually build on your own platform. So it wasn't like on their channel. So you had your own channel technically, and they were basically providing you like the resources to do your own channel. Well, the catch was that they started, they launched five different YouTube channels, but they owned them. So technically, yes, it was under my name, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't own, I co-owned the channel. So we like co-owned it. Okay. So they were basically just, it was a salaried position. And then and they took all the AdSense basically. They, it was it was actually it's interesting it's similar to what Ipsy is doing now mm-hmm. moving forward now I'm with Ipsy but the difference is is that Ipsy doesn't own our channels they're licensing our likeness mm-hmm. so in this case they owned it so once push came to shove they ended up getting acquired by another company in the Bay Area I don't know if you're familiar with joyous.com mm-hmm. yes I am actually yeah, I got some so network for I them. actually did a trial with them for a little bit, it just, it came to a point where it just wasn't making sense and it wasn't fulfilling, I think what the investors were looking for. Mm -hmm. And so they got acquired by Joyous. They offered me to come on board and do a trial. I did the trial. I wasn't comfortable. It was just more QVC. It just wasn't like, yes. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what I appreciate about what Ipsy does is yes, of course we're selling product, but it is about personality and it is about who you are. And I felt like Joyous was kind of detached from that. It was very much just, you are the talent, you're selling, mm-hmm. this is what it is. We don't care what you talk about online. Like leave that yeah, at home. It was very different. Yes. So I just wasn't really fond of the setup. So I actually worked with um, an attorney and I just basically said, you know, I would really love to own this channel. And so it took about six months of going back and forth and wow. then I gained ownership over it. So that's when I knew I really loved that's this. That's crazy. That's a really interesting start. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So how long did this go on for where you're like living in the house or like basically like doing content for these guys? Like how long was that happening for? That lasted, I would say it was January, 2013 that I launched my channel and by summer, actually, I think even before summer by May, 
it was coming to an end. I got a mm. knock on the door. Uh, and, you that's know, we all lived in the house. So even yeah. CEO lived in the house. Oh my God, that's so we so all crazy. became like family. I'm sure. I got a knock on the door and you could just see it in his face, just this oh. look of disappointment. I mean, and I understand that yeah. as, I mean, now being married, I understand just like how a man just wants to succeed. They want these business models to win. Yeah. And they just see it, you know, for what it could have been. And so he felt really disappointed. And he was like, Hey, so I just had a couple meetings. It's looking like in the mm. next month, we're going to have to move out of the house and we're going to be doing a trial with Joyous. They actually ended up letting all of the other girls go besides me. Oh, and wow. they said, we would love to bring you with us to Joyous in the Bay because we see so much potential for your career. And we'd really love to continue to working, you know, continue working together and seeing what we can come up with. Um, so I've had such a, I mean, to be honest, the director of my channel back then, he's one of like, he's like family. We were at each other's weddings. Um, he's literally like a brother to me, him and his wife now are really close with my husband and I. So it became like these really close knit relationships that now we can move forward. You know, it obviously mm -hmm. was a model that didn't succeed in the ways that he had anticipated. Um, but I'm so blessed to have been involved because otherwise yeah. I truthfully, I'm just being honest. Like I probably wouldn't be on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really awesome that you're able to have the outcome, like have your own channel, essentially like be able to re reclaim ownership of that channel yet not burn bridges and still have like a good relationship because that, that's not like that could have gotten really messy, but it sounds like it's a testament to you and to whoever, you know, this guy was that you guys are able to work it out. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all as artists, you to get it. We're all just trying to see, you know, throw stuff out, see what sticks. And eventually, you know, after trial and error, you learn what works, what doesn't. And the yeah. goal is just to celebrate each other and learn from it. So why I, I'm curious. So you mentioned that, you know, when they were acquired by Joyous, or they had this trial run with Joyous that they dropped out the other girls and kept you. Why do you think that they kept you? That's a really great question that I haven't visited in a long time. So I'm glad <laughs> we're talking about this. Yeah. I feel like it was because the numbers at that time, this is five years ago on mm -hmm. YouTube, um, the numbers were just showing that nail art at the time five years ago was really big. Mm -hmm. And so it was doing well. And out of all of the channels, um, I think from a creative director standpoint, because that's essentially what I was. Yes, I was the talent, but I was also the creative director at that point. I was able to pitch ideas and go, hey, why don't we do it like this? Uh, my dad was a TV producer and also a magician. So I just think I added value in the sense of creativity and just mm -hmm. kind of really thinking outside of the box um, more so than maybe some of the other talent. And so I think that's kind of what made sense. At that point, you were just doing nail videos or were you also doing kind of personality or talking to camera type videos as well? It was just nail videos, hmm. uh, but we were having a blast with it. So it was a little bit more, um, I should go back and watch all those videos. We were just having fun. I, I think I just got along with the crew and we were just like, why don't we do this? So like hmm. the Oscars and let's do like the little, like, you know how they used to have like the little hand that would walk down and show the nails with their, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we like built that little box and we're like, let's just have fun. So it, I guess it was just more. Just such creativity that they yeah, are. Exactly. But it's interesting because on Joyous, I'm sure they used you in a completely different format, like using your talent and, you know, talking to the camera and like, you know, interacting with whatever products you guys are talking about. Or were you doing nail stuff on Joyous? I did nail stuff. And I actually, yeah, it was such, it's such a blur. Now, I think 
it was kind of like, they were like, we can create a position for you if you see yourself here. Um, and I, it was like a very short term. It was like about, I think it was a month mm, okay. and I just was up there and I was shooting still cause it was hard because they still had me under contract. So they mm. still had to fulfill the episodes that we had allotted. Mm-hmm. And so we were mainly focusing still on my channel. Um, and I had done a few things there with them and they had a, um, they had a polish line that they, it was these two girls called, um, the polish line was called nail or what floss gloss and it's based in the bay area and they just like had me try like trying different content with them Mm. at their studios and it just was not i was so much more edgy i have tattoos Mm -hmm. they're very you know it's just a different style and so i think um they were happy to they were actually saying we actually want you to be a part of this because it adds more edge you're Mm -hmm. a little bit younger at the time i was only 25 or 26 so they're like this is great um, cause their demographic was a much older, um, but it just, for me, I was going, I don't love the Bay area. <laughs> I don't want to leave LA. Yeah. Um, and personally I was just, you know, my husband and I were on a break at the time mm-hmm. and we weren't married yet. And I was going, this is just not where I want to be in yeah. my life. So I just kind of said, just nope, felt that's it. Not, yeah, that's not the way I want to do it. And so I just said, can I please just own my channel and move forward? And like I said, that took about six months of convincing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So how many subscribers do you have on your channel at that point? I think I only had like, tw- and again, wait, I'm going to switch that language. I had 20,000, not only 20,000, yeah. 20,000 is a good base. Um, it was like 20, 30,000. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to reframe my brain because I always hear people say, I only oh, have, I have yeah. that's a huge, that's a huge base and that's a huge tribe. So I make sure to shift my language. All right. So what happened once you then claimed ownership to your own channel? It was sounded like maybe about a year later after getting into YouTube or so. And uh, you're at 20, 30,000 subscribers. Like now what? Yeah. So I, in between the time of us going back and forth with uh, termination agreements and all this crazy stuff, they technically, I had no I didn't have the same access to the back end of my channel as they did. So they could have, which they're not these types of people, but they essentially could have just wiped my entire channel. I had no access to like the AdSense, none of that. Mm. So I was just continuing to upload. I said, you know what? I really love this. I'm not making a dime off of it. And I just kept the consistency going. And this was before you gained actual access this to your channel. Before. Like during that negotiation then, period or whatever, basically. Exactly. Okay. Wow. And then I finally gained ownership. But during that time was when I it really set in my brain that I loved it. I was going, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm not even able to make any money off of this and I have no – it's potential that I could, the channel could be done and I'm still doing it. That's yeah. like really walking blindly into yeah, something. Yeah, a lot of trust. Um, yeah, and I said that's when I know. So this is mm-hmm. something I need to pursue. And so I finally gained ownership, which was the best day. I felt so excited. And um, then I signed with an MCN called Maker Studios. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're familiar. Mm-hmm. And so Maker Studios – at that point, hadn't been acquired by Disney. I've okay. been through so many acquisitions. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! I've learned a lot about business, though. Which oh is yeah, good. yeah. Good. But. I mean, in the world of YouTube, you've kind of been, since 2013. I mean, you've been in it for a while. You know, yeah. even though it's not a lot, it's not even like 10 years. But in the world of YouTube, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. So you've seen the whole you know progression of the platform. I have. It's been interesting because I think I probably could speak to other people and really give great consultation type stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm not as good about 
using my own advice. Isn't that funny how that works? Um, but Well, that's why we're bringing you here. So you can share your advice exactly. and your wisdom. Oh, this is great. I love it. <laughs> so, so you said that you're, you went to Maker's uh, Studio. Yep. Was with Maker for a little while. And then after about, I think it was six months of being with Maker, then they got acquired by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... I honestly, at that point, I love Disney. So I had no problem doing a lot of collaboration with them. I did a commercial with Minnie Mouse. I mean, I did, you know, a lot of, I did all of the nail art for Disney Styles channel for a long time, which was great exposure. Mm -hmm. So my brother was Aladdin at Disney World for a long time. So we're a Disney family. I love Disney. I know certain people were like, really not thrilled when they got acquired because then a lot of Disney culture was infused into maker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, ran with it. So I thought that was really fun. Um, but then eventually it came to a point where I had been introduced to Ipsy. Michelle Fawn had, um, opened up open studios at Ipsy where you can, you know, rent the mm-hmm. studio for free and use it to your own benefit. And, um, I was actually shooting the Disney style YouTube the nail art videos at Ipsy. Mm. Oh, interesting. And I was going, this is backwards. Yeah. This is maker is a billion dollar company and they don't have studios for their talent, talent. to use. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I was loving Ipsy and mm-hmm. I was going, this is great. And it was then that the head of business who I'm sure you're familiar with Corey Weiss, mm-hmm. um, you know, had really been paying attention. He's good at that. He's always seeking out new talent. And he said, wow, you know, you do all that nail art. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, that's something that Ipsy is really needing right now. And so they started contracting me out as an independent contractor to do Ipsy's nail art videos. Mm. So I was making really good money on the side doing Mm -hmm. both, you Mm -hmm. know, and I didn't know during that time that they're kind of scouting me, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware that that's how that was. But now I see from an outside perspective what was happening. And so they're testing, seeing how their audience responded to me. And after about six months of that, they had presented a contract to me. And unfortunately, I was still under that Disney contract or, you know, Maker Studios. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling this fire under my butt going, oh, no, I know this window of opportunity with Ipsy could be very short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was going, they gave me this opportunity. Now, I wonder if I can try and just present it to Maker and say, hey, you know, is there any way I could leave early? And that was a whole ordeal. Mm. How much longer of your contract did you have? I only had like six months, which is Mm. so silly. Mm -hmm. But those six months, I knew that that window with Ipsy could close. And I was going, they they were looking to fill it Exactly. And it's so, this is what I always, my best advice to people is if you feel that in your gut, Again, it has been, look at now a few different times, right, in my career already that I've been faced with that. It wasn't about ending a contract because I didn't want to fulfill what I had already committed to. I had found breaches in the contract too, by the mm-hmm. way. So I wasn't happy at Maker. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people sign contracts and it hits this point, but contracts are made to be negotiated people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you need to Get know your order. value. Yeah. 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 A great attorney. And it's just knowing your value and knowing yep. the opportunities that are next. And I think some people 
miss out because mm-hmm. they just go, oh, well, I'm already under contract. They get scared of that whole contract and they don't. Yes, I know. I mean, I know. My husband's a lawyer. I know that oh, very, yes. very well. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. Benefit. Definitely know, know your value because when you know your yes. value, you can go in there and whether or not you can get out of the contract or not, we could renegotiate the existing contract, something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just talk about it. It's all psychology at the end of the day. We can't mm-hmm. be so scared to think that, you know, these people have power. I mean, it's just about, it's not about being disrespectful. I came in very respectful. I said, Hey guys, I'm not really happy to be honest. And I would love to move forward. I found another opportunity that makes more sense. And mm-hmm. of course they weren't thrilled and they were like, well, we'd rather you just We'd really like to see you finish this out. And I said, well, that's not really where I'm at. Um, Mm -hmm. I have an attorney. And so I said, you're going to be getting a letter. You know, we found a couple breaches in the contract, um, which was the other thing that's easy to do is find, you know, little loopholes. And we did because there was a payment that hadn't been paid out and it was supposed to be paid out like six months before. So Mm. it was little things like that, that, hey, there's your loophole. Mm. And had I not done that, I now look at where Ipsy is. I am not kidding, Erica. It wouldn't have happened. So had I not, you know, been really, really adamant and just, again, I am the most easy person to get along with. I was never disrespectful. Mm. I'm not that. I see talent these days. And I just go, guys, what are you you thinking? I know. You know, be respectful. Be um, in order to be respected, you have to be respectful and, you know, just know who you're talking to and, you know, just explain and share why. But you don't have to. I mean, I watch talent all day long. So I'm like cursing people. I'm going, what are you doing? I know. I think it's so interesting you bring that up. I mean, this is like a topic for a whole nother show, but I just do think there's a lot of lack of respect these days. And, and, uh, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it, I do think though, if you are able to, you know, you like, like you, you have that respect, you understand business and you understand, you know, the situation and the context and everything. And you understand like your place, like, and you treat people with respect. It, it, you could go so much further because I think these other people, yeah, they can only go so far. Right. And eventually no one's going to want to work with them anymore. Yep. Slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. I still have a wonderful and everything is full circle. That's mm-hmm. what people don't get. Everything is full circle. Mm-hmm. So be careful who you're talking to yeah. then because you may be working with them again in the future. And that's exactly what happened. So my talent manager at Ipsy or I'm sorry, at Maker was interviewing to be a talent manager at Ipsy. So oh see, it all comes, that's it, all crazy. Cut. it didn't end up happening, but we had such a great relationship that I was literally pitching her to mm-hmm. Ipsy. So that's why I'm saying you can't be so hasty and be um, dismissive, rude. dismissive, great word. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So mm-hmm. it's important to just leave on a good note. And I have with every company that I've left since that's been really uh, just a great thing to have. Yeah. And in this industry, it's, it's actually somewhat of a small industry. I mean, you're talking about like the online influencer specific for you, beauty influencer world. It's not like a huge industry. And so True. if you do, you know, upset a person here and there, you know, maybe some people can get away with it, but then people start getting reputations. People start hearing about it. And there's, and it's one of those things, like there's tons of people that would gladly take your spot. Right. So oh, you want, you want to be treating people with respect and you want to be a person people want to work with because someone, you know, you never know. You just never know. So it's mm-hmm. such an important lesson. Yeah. Being mindful. I always tell people, guys, the trick to this business is be a joy to be around mm-hmm. and easy to work with. And a lot of this stuff is run by, you know, crews that have many different personalities. And if you can just learn to, I was a hairdresser, so you can't be as a hairdresser, you have to get along with everyone. So I think that was also a valuable 
skill set to have is just learning people and understanding how they work too. And I always say, get over yourself, right? Yeah. Just get over yeah. yourself. <laughs> like, exactly. like, don't, I mean, and by, because you know, you'll get in your own way and just get over yourself, understand that other people are there and it takes all different types and all different personalities. And like you said, like it, it there's a whole team of people that, you know, I, I, and I'm talking more about, you know, if you're working with like, say it's some kind of like a uh, business deal or sponsorship or something, it's just like, you know, get over yourself, your issues, yep. your insecurities, whatever it is, because it's just, uh, it's just going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. So this is super interesting and I would love to dive a little bit deeper into this if you can, but so then it sounds like, so then you went, you went from makers to Ipsy mm-hmm. and then, and then you became an Ipsy, one of their Ipsy creators. Yes. And when did that happen? That was May, 2016. All right. So that was, okay. So we're looking at almost, but actually by the time this podcast episode gets released, it'll be about two years, you know, two years ago. And so what, what does it mean to be an MC creator? So you kind of touch on that. Like you said that you own your channel, but they're licensing your likeness, but like, what, what exactly does it mean? What does it entail? Like share a little bit about that. Yeah. So they have currently nine. We just signed on Jessica Vu, who's now our ninth Ipsy creator. So essentially what it is, is they're licensing our likeness. It's a three-year contract and we basically support the glam bag. Um, and I'm sure you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, Ipsy's main economic driver is a subscription service. Kind of, I say the Netflix, it's like Netflix for makeup. You pay $10 a month and you get a bag um, valued at, you know, somewhere, sometimes upwards of a hundred, $150. So it's a really great deal to try out new products. A lot of them now are, you know, either deluxe size or full size products. So Mm. it's extremely worth the money. Mm -hmm. Um, especially for new influencers, if you guys are interested in starting that, it's a really great one to review because you're able to try out lots of new things. Um, and we're working with better and better brands now. I mean, Mac just signed on. So we're working oh, with wow. Mac. We literally thought we were never going to work with Mac. That's amazing. And they've now shifted. They have to. They have to get with the they times. They to. weren't working, right? Mm-hmm. They were adamant about not working with influencers for the longest time. Yeah, they and they stuck that just to shifted. celebrities. Like they were really big into like collaborations with celebrities. But mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because I thought to myself a while ago, I was like, I wonder when, if and when Mac is ever going to get onto like the influencer bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then they did that whole line with Patrick Starr, which mm-hmm. I was just so impressed by. He was, uh, that, that event was just amazing. And I was so happy for him because mm-hmm. he really is an entertainer through and through. So yeah. just to see them shifting their business models, I've been watching over the last five years, how every business is understanding. This is actually fun to talk about. I realize now that A-list celebrities, so let's say we're talking about Jennifer Aniston with living proof, right? Mm-hmm. It's, which is a hair brand. I mean, to be honest, Jennifer, and I love her, love her, you know, she's from Friends, but like, we don't really know Jennifer Aniston. We know her characters that she plays, Mm -hmm. but she's an actress. So that could be how she really is. Maybe it's not, you know, and there's many other celebrities that you could obviously attach that exact, you know, mentality to. But what I realized, and my husband actually called it several years ago, we're walking through Target and he goes, you see all these boxes of like hair color with all these random pictures of models. He's like, that's going to be you guys in the future. Mm-hmm. And he went to business and marketing school. So he understands. And he was like, this is not going to be models in the future. It's going to be you guys because it's translating into sales. Cause they actually get to know who we are. They exactly. actually get to see it, take a peer into our personal lives. And they know that, you know, yes, of course, some th- sometimes things are sponsored, but they're also seeing like, 
our real lives day to day. Mm -hmm. And that's translating into higher sales than an A-list celebrity. So Yep. That's that. I saw that too. A few years ago. That's why I started the podcast. I was actually interviewing celebrities on red carpets and then I was at VidCon and I was asked to go there and just check it out and just interview different people. So I think I connected with Style Hall and they're like, yeah, we have some talent for you to interview. And this was like, at that point, this was maybe like four years ago. And so at that point, like I had... I I was like lightly watching YouTube. Like I love Candy Johnson. I love the kind of like the big people, but I, I didn't know like the whole YouTube world and going to VidCon and like I was interviewing uh, I think um, Florida Floors. Like there's a few YouTubers okay. I was in, uh, that I was interviewing there, like kind of like just like red carpet style, right? And then I was shocked to see just like the fans and how crazy, like I could barely get my interview in because the fans were so crazy. And mind wow. you, I had interviewed some major celebrities on like red carpets and stuff and like fans were there, but it was just a totally different energy. I'm like, people are way more excited for this girl that I'm interviewing than like Usher who I interviewed like last week, you know? And it's just right. like, this is crazy. Crazy. And so that gave me the idea actually to start the podcast and interview influencers because wow. I knew that influencers were going to be basically the next superstars, the next Jennifer Aniston, the next Jennifer Lopez's, things like that. So yeah, it's it's really, really cool. Good for you for being early to the after party. That's dope. <laughs> I love it. That's good. You have, you have a good head on your shoulders because you're seeing it early. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the podcast has done well and it's gotten more and more popular over time because it's just your, the popularity of you guys as influencers is just growing and your reach is growing. And now it's like Patrick Starr is practically a household name, you know, whereas a few years ago, an influencer, you'd be like, who, what? Right. I mean, once these influencers start collaborating with brands like Mac and it's just going to get bigger and bigger, you know, the bigger companies are going to start to take notice and it's just going to be bigger and bigger now that like influencers are now like household names like Manny MUA is like and Jacqueline Hill, you know, anyone in the beauty world per se, it's practically a household name. So it's, it's incredible. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so let's okay. So let's go back a little bit to the Ipsy thing. So, what is your day to day like? So you're you're contracted with Ipsy for three years. They basically you own the channel, but they license your likeness. So you you still are you still doing videos for your own channel, or are the videos uh-huh. that you do for your own channel also like affiliated with Ipsy, or is that a completely different thing? Well, it's there's a couple different ways that it can go. So the we we have obligations you know um so we obviously have to do the glam bag video mm-hmm. once a month mm-hmm. and then um we can do whatever our heart desires on our channel in the you know uh, whenever we want so mm-hmm. on your own channel on our own channel and um and we do do some stuff uh, ipsy's kind of shifted their model they do a lot of live streaming now mm-hmm. and so there's different other things that we do you know mm-hmm. they do the way that it works is in the beginning, when you first start in the first year, you have a lot more obligations and then it lessens and lessens as mm. you get through the contract. So in the first year I was at Ipsy all the time, I was doing tons of videos for them, but mm-hmm. as again, they've been all learning how the business is working. They're seeing that Facebook live is doing really well. So instead of shooting and editing a video, which the time of that oh takes God. so much more time, mm-hmm. they've now, you know, they have an incredible setup and they have, Oh, their really setups. Nice... I filmed there too. Their setup's amazing. Yeah. So now they're figuring out, wait, if we just use, you know, this incredible live streaming machine, it's called TriCaster. Mm-hmm. Then they're, you know, that's what they use for live TV type stuff. Uh, we can just get this out and people are interacting live. Mm-hmm. So 
I was reading Business Weekly actually a couple months ago, and they were saying live stream is going to be where it's at, man, mm-hmm. because that's truly testing, you know, well, just like TV, it's coming back to live television and live streaming that's now really, really, you know, promising. So by 2020, they're saying it's going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so business is shifting. And so, yeah, so essentially we do the glam bag. We're able to do whatever. The benefit of being an NFC creator is that there's just, again, like I go back to it's the same kind of thing with Kingmaker. I have a team same with Ipsy. So I have a crew that I can work with. If I go, Hey, I mean, I've had some pretty wild ideas for Halloween in the past. And I said, I want to rent a car and I want to have this scene and I want to build this out. And so we do have a small production budget that we yeah. can work with to just create a little bit more, you know, higher, um, production value and stuff like that. So that's just been such a blessing as again, a very highly creative person coming from, the background that my parents, you know, my mom was a set designer and then Mm -hmm. also she was doing magic with my dad. So I just come from that world. Mm -hmm. And that has been a really exciting thing to explore. And I just feel really grateful because I'm going, okay, now I'm a little older. I'm 31. Now I'm going, what is, what do my forties look like? Or what do, you know, what does that look like? So now I've really explored creating content and going, oh, wait, Mm -hmm. okay. So this could start with short films into full features. That's definitely the direction I see myself wanting to go. Mm. That's awesome. And so, yeah, where do you do your live streams? Is it YouTube, Facebook, or where do you guys do them? With Ipsy, definitely more on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They have a really potent um, engagement on Facebook. So What's cool too is they really help to cross promote. So for instance, I saw that you commented, thank you, on our new series, Beauty and the Beat. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I are working on a new series. And so Ipsy is actually helping to really promote, cross promote that. Hmm. So that's the other huge benefit of being a creator with them is the exposure. So, you know, they'll repost it on Facebook and just kind of push it out on social media. So that's just been such a blessing too. That's really cool. Yeah, that was a really neat, that was a really cute video. I love that video of you and your husband. So this is really interesting. So basically it's almost as if like, they're not an MCM obviously, because they only, they have certain talent that they contract with, but it's like, they also promote your channels, but they don't own any of your channel. Like they don't get AdSense or anything of your own channel. They do take a percentage oh, of AdSense. Do. Okay. They don't own our channels. Um, but it, I mean, technically so because they represent- they are. Yeah. They are technically an MCN, just yeah. because, but it's small. Yeah. So it's obviously very boutique because mm-hmm. they only represent, you know, a handful. Um, and in comparison to Maker, who is representing at 1.55,000 channels, it's absolutely oh, insane. Wow. Talk about, it's just, it's not sustainable. And that no. obviously fizzled quickly because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ipsy is, yeah, I just describe it more of like almost like a boutique agency too, because mm-hmm. they do all of our, you know, they pitch us to different brands. So we have a sales team on that. Um, and they have... You know, it's a full team. So yeah. that's just um, Roxette and I actually were talking about that recently. Um, just that I said, why did you want to sign with Ipsy? And she said, honestly, man, I really work well with a team. And I mm-hmm. said, I'm the same way. So just being around an environment where you can really seek out other people's opinions or their thoughts and feedback and all of that and just work together. Ipsy is really a tight knit group as well. Yeah. And it is like a little family. And so the guys that we work with, you know, in our production crew and just our producers and so are just family. So it's really cool to just get to know them. And then again, I see this, how it's going. I know for a fact we'll end up working on 
you know, bigger things mm-hmm. in the future. Oh, of course. So it's just cool to grow together. I mean, what an amazing opportunity. So, okay. So now I have a general idea. So it seems like they, like it is kind of like a, a small network. And so they have an interest in your own individual channel. And so that's why they're cross promoting it. But Ipsy in itself, because of, well, also because they've also had so much talent in the past as well. Like they've had, right, Desi and Katie, they were Ipsy girls. They're not anymore, right? Or are they? No. no. Okay. No, yeah. So it's like they have all this talent that they've, you know, help cultivate and those girls are are big and then they have all the popularity their Ipsy and Michelle and their Ipsy bag. It's like they have this huge audience already. So you're able to benefit from that huge audience. So they're basically cultivating this talent, but they're always getting this fresh new talent with these fresh new ideas like you guys to kind of bring in, you know, new for them a new audience, new potential customers. And then, you know, in return they help you with your own channels and you get brand deals. It's great. Gosh, yeah, what an amazing great. opportunity for a creator. It really is. I feel, I'm telling you, like I said, I go back to that time of me going, okay, shoot, there's like this opportunity with Ipsy. And I was like, I better do yeah. this now because this may not be, you know, a long time that they are, they, the invitation is still open. So I was yeah. like, I better get on this. Yeah. So I feel extremely, extremely grateful. It's been a time to, to just really marinate and go, okay, what is it that I really like, what do I see? Mm-hmm. And that's been now the real big question as I'm, you know, I have about a little over a year left. I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. what does that look like moving forward? Um, there is, you know, there's a lot of potential there. So it's just kind of given me the opportunity to understand what this platform means to me, how it's shifting, where I would like to go. And um, so that's why when we really were, you know, starting to release Beauty and the Beat, just figuring out ways to collaborate together too as a married couple, because Mm -hmm. sometimes as artists, you can just start going separate ways. And we're like, "Uh oh, we better keep grafting in as a unit and really collaborating because otherwise it could take us different areas. Yeah, different paths. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so, so cool. So what has, oh no, let me ask you this. So how many subscribers did you have when you got signed on to Ipsy? I think I had 50,000. Okay. And now you're at what, like 450 or something? Or are you? I think, yeah, or a little over 400. Okay. Okay. So do you attribute having that relationship with Ipsy to your growth? One thousand percent <laughs> yeah of course yeah because so, it's we're, we're it's a matter of what a year and a half no, two years right yeah yeah so one thing I'll say because I love to show this is that I attribute a few things to that number one I'm a believer so number mm-hmm. one I really feel like God has favor over you know my goal and what I want to create on this platform because I think I may be a little bit different than not I think I know I'm a lot different than a lot of the beauty community mm-hmm. um for just different reasons of just really focusing on inward beauty and how that will translate to outward. So we can talk about makeup. Makeup is so fun and it's Mm -hmm. a vehicle to get us to accentuating beauty and all those things. But I think focusing too much on it can be dangerous as well. So Mm -hmm. I really like to dig a little deeper with my audience, talk about inward beauty and just the things. That's why Eileen and I get along too. I just adore just she's basically creating content to help maximize your life. That's Eileen something. from Lavender, for those of you listening. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. sorry. <laughs> and so 
I definitely attribute Ipsy to the growth, but I also, and I want to throw this out there for everybody, before I had signed with Ipsy, before I had even ever been offered a deal from them, I didn't even know that was on the table or coming into my frequency, I had started vision boarding with Mm -hmm. my friends. So about four years ago, I started just throwing little vision board parties, the first, you know, near New Year's every year. And I'd have a few girls over and we just rip up magazines, you know, bullet point different things that we wanted to to glare. There we go. Declare mm-hmm. over our lives, and so I had written reach a hundred thousand subscribers. So it was like the you know January before I had signed with Ipsy, and I had no okay. I had fifty thousand in a few years. So how would I make another fifty thousand in less than a year? You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Or mm-hmm. in about a year? That yeah. didn't. But I was like, you know, I'm just gonna be bold, and I wrote that out. And then I signed with Ipsy. And so, boom, I was at probably closer to 200,000 by the end of the year. That's amazing. So vision boarding for me has been something that has really, really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I really recommend it to people because you feel silly when you're doing it, declaring Mm -hmm. certain things that are pretty far-fetched in your mind. But it's amazing how you can really manifest the things that you want. And that, that to me, again, being a daughter of a magician is pure magic. <laughs> I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to have you back to talk about vision boarding in detail. Cause I feel like we could talk about it like for a long, long time. Cause I'm a big believer in, and you know, I have to be better about doing vision boards to be honest, but I'm a big believer like in manifesting and writing out. Like I did the, I do the same thing. And I find that just the act of doing that and having it out there and having it front of mind is just, it's so huge. It's so important. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really, really awesome. And I love, I love that you share that because it's just, it's such an important component. And I also love how you shared about the fact that you are different because you dive deeper than just beauty. Just because it's, it, you're so right. And for me, I have my beauty in the vlog. I have my YouTube boot camp. It's like a full, like just 90 day intensive, right? But like the first month is solely focused on understanding your why and your purpose when it comes mm-hmm. to YouTube. And I do that before anything, you know, so many people get super excited about YouTube and they want to talk about the technology and what camera do I use? What editing do I use? Oh, okay. I need the newest makeup product or I need this or I need that. And that's all great. But YouTube is so much more than just presenting about products. There's thousands of creators out there. How are you going to differentiate yourself and connect with the right audience and connect with a group of people that hang on to your every word? That goes with going deeper and understanding your why and your purpose. And I love that you said that. That's so true that you feel like you are really actually separating yourself from the pack because you go beyond like your niche of beauty. You're going beyond into your why. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I feel so... It's funny because I went through a period where I felt really disenchanted last year by the beauty community mm-hmm. to the point where I was almost ready to, to quit. call it quits, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was in that abyss moment as every hero's journey kind of goes through that cycle. Yeah. And I was, I mean, my marriage was struggling. So I was just going, oh man, because we're just getting into this thing and learning how to serve one another. You mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that mixed with business, trying to find our careers, all those things. And I was just at this moment where I was going, you know what? the beauty community just doesn't get me. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I'm just different. And, and then I started realizing a couple things that usually it's not their fault. It's a lot in how people were raised. And I just feel really grateful to have had a mom that really challenged me to dig deeper and really understand that inward beauty was the main goal. Mm. Um, and so 
I would do videos and then I would get people's responses and they would go, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing that your mom would guide you through that. My mom never told me. So I was really, that was like a check in my spirit. So I was like, yeah, oh. cause that would, that's such your normal. You didn't understand yeah. that that wasn't happening. Yes. Literally, yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't even process. I mean, it sounds almost embarrassing to admit, but I really just thought, Oh, everybody was raised the same way. How do yeah. you not get this? Yeah. And and then it really convicted me. And I said, wow, okay, so people aren't necessarily raised the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I understand I need to be a guide then. Mm-hmm. So understanding and really declaring that over myself too and going, okay, Lynette, you are going to be different. And that's why you're here. That's why. And so that was a big moment for me to really grasp and understand that um, I've been called. You know, I've been yeah. called to be here for a very different purpose maybe than most. And um, And it was then a choice of, are you willing? Mm-hmm. Because many are called, few are chosen. Um, and I think some people just kind of give up when the going gets tough because you do feel that sense of, oh man, looking around, poking your head up, going, am I the only one over here? Mm-hmm. And that's where I really look to different thought leaders and different, I mean, Michelle Fawn was a huge one that I looked to because she was a pioneer. Oh, she yeah. wasn't the same. She was different because she was thinking of how can everyone win? She not was just such how a trailblazer. It was, it's incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I just looked to different, um, you know, mentors like that and just go, okay, I got to shift things around. So I've been working on a couple projects behind the scenes that um, I think most influencers don't really think about. So that's just, it's exciting to just I guess, affirm myself in that too. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I've heard it actually from a lot of different people, especially within the beauty influencer community, even though, you know, people listening are from all different niches, not just beauty. But I do hear it a lot in the beauty community that people at some point, especially once they make it, right, at a certain point, they get disenchanted. They get a little turned off, some people. And I think the the thing, and it's exactly what you're saying, is that if you're so, if you're connected with why you're doing it and like your purpose, the the beauty is just a vehicle, right? And you don't have to be stuck in that world either. But if you're connected with that why, then you are able, your your why is bigger than your fears and your insecurities. And that's what I say all the time. And so, and it's also bigger than kind of like, uh, you know, what's going on around you and like everybody else's issues and dramas. Like if you're connected to that why, you can move forward and you have that purpose, that everything around you just kind of just falls through the wayside. Like it, it doesn't bother you, just go goes off your back. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, building a good team of, or a good tribe of friends too has been important because I think that there's, the beauty community is harsh, man. Oh, <laughs> People, yeah. Women and you're around a lot of different energies. Well, and also, you know, there are boys in makeup too, but mm-hmm. the energy is really an interesting one. So um, I think just really connecting with the people that are on the same page and wanting to build each other up, wanting to celebrate each other, realizing that there's enough to go around. That's been life changing mm-hmm. for me because there's a lot of people in the industry that are really awful to each other. Yeah, so, super competitive in like a bad yeah. way, not like a collaborating way, not a like not let's grow good. together, let's you know, let's let's do this together. But like a like you said, they 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 don't have the belief of uh, what is it the word, but the belief that there's enough for everybody, right? There's enough mm-hmm. out there for everybody to have success, and I'm a big believer in that too. That there's enough out there for everybody to have success. So instead of pushing people down, bring bring other people up and then you guys can grow together and bring each other up together. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I know that a lot of people listening are looking at you and your situation like, oh my God, that'd be amazing to work with Ipsy. How amazing. So what, what do you think, you know, Ipsy looks for when they are bringing on talent? Yeah, I think that they're always looking for diversity. So I think that there's a big opportunity um, if you are, you know, from a different diverse group. Um, that's something that they always just want to have. You know, if you look at the roster of talent, we're all very different. Mm -hmm. And that's been both challenging and really a beautiful journey, too. But I think each of us represent different things, uh, whether it's ethnicity or just things that we believe in, um, you know, and so they have a really diverse group so that that way we are hitting most you know, all demographics. Um, so I think right now would be a good time for people that just see what is missing and then just kind of come in and be like, Hey, you know, this is where I'm at. Obviously, of course, there are some logistics they're looking for certain numbers, but to be honest, I mean, I think myself, there's Michaela beauty, Michaela K beauty. They just signed her recently. So they are looking to groom talent that have still growth to be had, but they, um, you know, so it's, it's just depends really. But I think that that would be my best advice is just, if you are looking to be signed with a company like that or others, um, just really like you talked about finding that niche, finding your why and seeing what's, where's the gap, where's the missing gap that you can fill. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What has surprised you the most about working with Ipsy? It's surprising to me just to see how fast and rapid the growth has been mm. just within even their own um, company. And just, I've just been enamored. I'm really, really interested in business and I really just like to see how it works behind the scenes. And I've just been fascinated just to see the opportunities and just to see where it's heading, mm -hmm. I think, in our future of just where digital content and, you know, digital media is heading. Ipsy is really at the forefront with this whole like influencer world. It's really amazing. Yeah, they're killing it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I have a couple different hypotheses, hypotheses <laughs> of where it's going, just from where I've been watching. And um, yeah, I think that it's just a really great time to be involved in being a influencer. Yeah. And I think, but what comes with that is large responsibility. So that's what I also would like to see within just all YouTube, all digital influencers. I think, um, I mean, you've got the like Logan Pauls and I don't mm -hmm. want to spend time on that, but yeah. it's just like, man, mm -hmm. influence is a gift. It and is. if we all approach it that way, um, that tribe of followers, whether it's 50 subscribers, if there's 50 people sitting in front of you, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. If there's 400,000, that's mm -hmm. a large tribe that I feel like something far greater than yourself trusted you with mm -hmm. that, um, you need to really lead in the proper ways. So that's where I land. I totally agree with you. I always say that having an influence is a privilege and yes. it's, it's something that you should respect and, and have an understanding of where you fit in with that, right? That you do have an influence. Like if you are at the size of you, like, you know, almost at half a million subscribers or a million subscribers or getting thousands and thousands of views on a video, you have the gift to be able to influence people and you can influence people in different ways. People can do it for good or kind of what you touched on, they can kind of do it for bad or selfishly or without thought. And it has a ripple effect. And if you can go out there and that's where it comes with like your why and your purpose and you can influence for good, that's so 
ultimately it's all about fulfillment, right? It's mm-hmm. so fulfilling. And I think that's why some people that actually reach it big at a certain point in YouTube, sometimes they check out, they quit, they're done because they haven't been fulfilling their own purpose. Like they don't feel fulfilled. They feel empty. They're not, they're not using their influence in a way that can make positive change. Not necessarily that it's making negative change, but that it's just, it's not really doing anything positive or fulfilling. And if you understand that at the beginning, when you're first starting, you just have so much more purpose as you're going through this world. That's just going to get more and more saturated, more and more complicated, just more and more, just going to be more and more hands in the pot. And if you can get just connected to that, then it kind of gives you that, like that beacon in which to follow as you're going through and navigating this entire world. Yep, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's a, an exciting time just to see different people that from any walk of life, it doesn't matter what you're going through, what life is throwing at you, that exact thing is your why. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, some sort of mental illness, whether it's any sort of disorder, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've watched people from all walks of life, whether it's divorce, whether it's losing a family member, I've watched people use that as their why to go, I want to share my story. Mm -hmm. That's all this is. At the end of the day, it's storytelling. And so yes, you can be excited about sharing product. But in addition, what else is there? Like, don't just talk about the newest, latest and greatest talk about how that's affecting you, why you love it, what's Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's going on in your life while you're doing a makeup story. Like people want to know you, people want to know what is going on. And so I've, you know, chosen to be pretty honest about certain things that even our family is like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Hey, I mean, I'm a storyteller at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and you know, it's going to get even more vulnerable as we dig into this project. And I, I love it to me. I don't know. I was cut from that cloth of wanting to share and Mm -hmm. wanting to be honest Mm -hmm. and, um, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you read the book, daring greatly, I don't know if you have, I recommend Mm -hmm. this to everyone daring greatly by Brene Brown. Um, she just talks about how vulnerability is a superpower. Mm -hmm. We've been lied to our whole lives. You know, um, it's all programming for people to think that it's anything but that, but it really is being honest and vulnerable. Look at why do we all gravitate towards people that are super radically honest? Because it's relatable. We're like, oh my gosh. It's relatable, but it also gives you the permission to do it, right? So by you being vulnerable yourself as an influencer, you're giving people the permission to be vulnerable themselves, whether it's in their day-to-day life, whether it's in their workplace, you know, whether or not they're a creator or not, you are allowing people then to to be vulnerable and and give people the permission to do that. So it's it, it's really, it's really huge. And I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. yeah, that's that's just that's awesome. Um, what um, okay, what have you learned? Like, what's the number one thing that you have learned that you can pass on to people uh, in your journey, and and you know specifically working with Ipsy? So my biggest takeaway, I think, would be just learning to have fun in the process. I think that again, well, a couple things. So learning to have fun, realizing, like we talked about a little bit, that influence is a gift, but that every single number that rolls through is a person, not just a number, um, not just a commodity. We are people. And so understanding that because I think I hear it a lot and I even caught myself earlier saying only mm-hmm. the word only 50,000, only 20, only 10,000. And I watch that happening across the board with a lot of people because it's this, you know, this want and this need for more. And I think that, so if you can approach it and just focusing on yourself, focusing on having a blast, what is it that excites you? What lights you up? Um, 
And to, and I'm saying this from experience because I was going down a path of just kind of the danger of comparison, right? And saying, okay, so this is how everyone else is doing this. So then I should do it this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that you finally hit a point where you're going, that's not how I want to do it though. I'm not excited by that. What makes sense for me? What is, you know, why am I different? And then celebrating that and being bold. That was the mm-hmm. word I declared over this year for me is mm-hmm. being bold and being able to, you know, not always need this permission slip, you know, this mystery permission slip that you have to like get for yourself to be bold and just share, you know, shamelessly promote yourself. That's okay. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. So we are nearing the end of the interview. Just have a couple, a couple quick questions. And because you've already given so much amazing insight, Lynette, this has been really awesome. Uh, But a few questions I do like to ask everybody, what would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think that I would probably just not, again, I've spent a lot of wasted time on the compare and contrast game. And it's such a dangerous like tunnel to go down because Mm -hmm. you're never going to be like somebody else. Their circumstances are very different. Um, and I think that it's easy to do, especially in this industry. So just understanding that you're here, you're called, you're there for a reason. Um, you have a very unique purpose, but not letting that danger of comparison to really, um, have power over you. I think I definitely did that far for too much, too much time. It's just Mm -hmm. such a waste of time. It's a waste of time, waste of energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in your YouTube career? Ooh, let's see. It's, I guess it's good that nothing huge comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest mistake, um, maybe just saying yes to different sponsored content in the past that I wasn't super inspired or, you mm-hmm. know, passionate about. So then you just kind of feel like you're doing it because you have just to for rather the money, than yeah. you wanting to because you really believe in it. I think that's the game that a lot of us have to play of going, okay, does this make sense? So I think that's probably just being true to exactly what it is. And my husband caught it. He was like, Lynn, this is not something that you really love. Don't be, you know, just saying yes, just for money. So just making sure, you know, you know, again, what it is that you want to do and sticking to that at all costs, I Mm -hmm. think is true. I mean, it's just been such a journey over the last five years that of course it's easy to do, but I think that would be the big one. I always say that your why and your purpose as an influencer serves as a lens in which you make all your decisions. So yep. if that, whatever the, and, it, and you, you know what, you have to make money. So you do have to do brand deals. You do have to collaborate with brands. I mean, you can't just say, oh, I, I'm not going to do it because you have to, you have to support yourself. <laughs> and so, yeah. but you know, having that connection to your why does give you that filter in which you can make these types of business decisions. And if it rings true, ultimately to your purpose on YouTube. Yep. Exactly. What is your favorite video or one that you're the most proud of? Uh, I always say typically that my favorite video is the last one I ever put up. Um, (laughs) But I will have to say that just this new series, um, and this goes perfectly because Beauty and the Blog. So Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beat, this new (laughs) series, this last video that we put out, it's just been so much fun um, because it's exactly the type of content that I want to move into. So just showing an insight into our lives, working on music, this next episode that's coming out, I actually got to sing on the mm, song. So it's fun. just been a new adventure because I haven't really explored 
um, you know, recording my singing voice. So it's just been a cool thing. And just doing it with my husband and that whole project is it's like almost like a reality show. So it's just been a blast. Yeah, it's super cute. I'll link it in the show notes. so You guys can check it out. I really enjoyed it when I saw it. And last question. You kind of talked about it, but I don't know if this is your answer. What is your superpower? And I define superpower as what is something that you were born with that comes naturally to you that you think has attributed, uh, contributed to your success? And everybody has superpowers. So what, what do you think yours would be? Great question. Well, I think it's a rare thing that I can say both of my parents taught me the importance of what magic was at such a young <laughs> age. So I think just understanding that magic is real, um, both literally and figuratively, um, I've explored magic. I actually do a little bit of magic too, Mm -hmm. but understanding the power of that and not just like things like manifestation, vision boarding, like we talked about, but actually entertainment too. So that's been a fun thing. So I love that. Well, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you, Lynette. I know people are going to love this episode. You gave just so much insight. And it was super interesting to hear also just your experiences with Ipsy and you know with other companies here in the influencer space. So for anyone that's not familiar with you and your content, where can people check you out? Just look up Lynette Sine on everything and you will find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lynette. Thank you, Erica. This was so much fun. Bye. Bye. Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life. Because of this boot camp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos. Before this boot camp, I was lucky if I could get 100 views. Boot camp is for you if you like I was, are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the bootcamp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the bootcamp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the bootcamp. During the time of the bootcamp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now, and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this boot camp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this boot camp with only 9,000 and 138 subscribers. Now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica. Even after the first week, I knew that the bootcamp was one of the, do you know what, the best decision I had ever made for myself, let alone just my YouTube channel. Do you work really hard on your YouTube channel, listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks, tricks, and strategies, but are just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. 
This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp.